The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre-recorded. Have you seen enough yet? I know I have. The circus in New York today was embarrassing. It's embarrassing that the, obviously, that the uh, district attorney of New York City would take a meaningless, harmless case like this and torture the country with it. Uh, You've heard plenty of legal analysis on this all day. We're going to have the former attorney general of Indiana on here in a few minutes for his analysis of this. But everybody knows this is political including Alvin Bragg, the idiot who's the DA up there. What's embarrassing is that we know that he knows it's all political, and he knows that we know, and he knows that he can get away with it because 90% of the media will let him get away with it, and all the Democrats will let him get away with it too. I tried to watch the coverage um, of the arraignment today, uh, mostly on Fox, of course. I, I always try to turn over and why well, I can't do it. I last about a minute and a half. Anyway, I watched mostly on Fox And that was painful because there was nothing happening. It was a bunch of anchors, reporters, and analysts sitting around and going over the same things we've been hearing for the last few weeks, waiting for the big event, which ended up being President Trump walking through a door. It took about four seconds. And this is all because the people who live in the swamp hated Donald Trump from the day he came down that escalator in 2015. I go back to this all the time. I don't think you have to be a genius to figure this out. Uh, actually, lots of those people, if not most of them, liked him before he ran for president. And it's never really been as much about uh, hatred of the guy they used to call the Donald. It's um, it's their hatred for any outsider coming in and ruining the party that both parties have been having down there for the last 50 years. It was either Jeb Bush's turn to be president or it was Hillary Clinton's turn. And Republicans would have preferred Jeb, of course, but most of them wouldn't have been all that upset with Hillary. And the Bushes and the Clintons probably would have, you know, talked about it over cocktails, maybe had a little party to celebrate whoever won. Trump's a businessman. He promised to try to run the federal government like a business. And they knew that an outsider would see all the ridiculous things and all the money that had been wasted on ridiculous things by both parties. Because of his personality, he'd be more than happy to talk about it, ridicule it, even change it. They sicked the FBI on him with the ridiculous Russia collusion hoax that went nowhere, and they impeached him for a phone call that he made to the leader of Ukraine, and he happened to mention that he was aware that Ukraine was one of the most corrupt countries on the planet and that a former vice president and his son were involved in that corruption. You know, he kind of wondered if they had to look into that before he sent them billions of dollars. So here we are, um, and by the way, both people from both parties we're making money from that corruption in Ukraine, and still are for that matter. So here we are. They got him for double parking, and now the media is going to be focused on this instead of the millions of dollars that the Biden family has made from China, among other things. But the swamp is teeming with life tonight. When we come back, we will be talking to the former Attorney General of Indiana about what's next for Trump, what all this means, and what it means for the District Attorney from New York. Stick around.
Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one, free with promo code STAG. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to get the buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. Wouldn't it be great to work in a place that makes a positive impact on the people, businesses, and churches around you? That place exists. I know because I work there. My name is Cassie, and I'm the digital marketing specialist with Salem Media Group in Pittsburgh. Right now, Salem Surround has an opening for one talented salesperson to join our team. Is that you? We'll bring the training. You just bring the talent. An understanding of digital marketing and some direct sales experience will definitely help you stand out. What are you waiting for? Take the first step to a career that is challenging, rewarding, and helps to create terrific results for our amazing customers. Join the sales team at Salem Media Group Pittsburgh. Email your resume to brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. That's brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. Oil investments involve a high degree of risk and actual results may vary. Oil and natural gas keep going up as the Russia conflict escalates. Get in on the next major oil boom now and help the U.S. with your patriotic investment that can potentially pay you monthly income for up to 20 or more years. That's the sound of a producing oil well and the sound of a smart investment. If you're an SEC-accredited investor and have at least 25000 liquid now, you can take advantage of Encore Energy's projects and a huge tax savings for this year. If you invest in oil and natural gas, you're allowed to write off nearly 100% of your investment in the first year. Goldman Sachs is projecting oil to go up to $100 a barrel, and natural gas is the fuel of the future and trading at record prices. Call 800-287-6691. Encore Energy is a major your investor and experienced operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Call 800-287-6691. That's 800-287-6691. Hi, I'm Olivia and I'm 11. Some people my age might think water in a basement's pretty cool. Who wouldn't want an indoor swimming pool? But my dad taught me a thing or two about homes. You mean all those times I talked about waterproofing. You were actually listening? Absolutely. I'm like Alexa. Okay, so how does JD Waterproofing protect your home? By keeping water out of the basement so it doesn't compromise the structure of your home. And? By not giving yucky mold and mildew a place to grow. Pretty good. Dad, I wasn't finished. Oh, sorry. And JD Waterproofing can save you money. Do tell. By saving you from having to replace your basement appliances from water damage. I couldn't have said it better myself. Got water problems? Don't cry. Call 1-800-VERY-DRY. J&D Waterproofing. 1-800-VERY-DRY. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. 
So the deed is done. Former president of the United States uh, has been indicted on 34 counts by a district attorney up in New York City. His name is Alvin Bragg. It's hard to find any credible attorney, including former prosecutors who think Trump can lose this case. But maybe that's never been the point. Curtis T. Hill Jr. is the newest member of Project 21 at the National Center for Public Policy Research. He's also the former attorney general of the state of Indiana. And he joins us now. Curtis, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Well, John, thanks for having me. How are you? Good, good. And uh, uh, we've been um, I've had plenty of guests here from uh, the Center for Public Policy Research, Project 21. So I'm glad to see you've joined them. You're their. I'm told you're their newest member. So good luck with that. Um, Thank you very much. Yeah. So uh, any surprises for you today? Well, I guess the surprise is that uh, there was nothing of a of a surprise coming. I mean, we anticipated that uh, we were going to get this, what I call a so what case regarding the uh, $130,000 non-disclosure or hush money case. Uh, but I was wondering, is there going to be something to the indictments that's going to really clue us in that this is a real case? And what's happened is, no, there's there's nothing that was done by virtue of the indictments or, or the uh, arraignment today that would suggest that these indictments uh, will amount to any type of conviction. So, um, you know, for a layman like me, for us, for civilians out here, uh, when you hear 34 counts, you think, wow, that's a lot of that's a lot of stuff there that uh, the, the president, the former president's going to have to um, disprove, as um, as Nancy Pelosi said. Uh, what, what's the significance of the 34 counts, if any? Well, the 34 counts really amounts to repetitive behavior. If you're taking every time Donald Trump made a payment, uh, a reimbursement payment to Michael Cohen, um, that's going to be an extra count. So he could have paid him $130,000 as reimbursement one time, and perhaps that would have been one count. Or if he's spreading out his payments to his lawyer over a period of time, and each one of those payments is supposed to be a false business report, that could constitute the 34 uh, the 34 counts. So we're not talking about a, a, a laundry list of various crimes. We're talking about the same activity being repetitively charged over and over and over again. So if, um, let's just, for the sake of argument, if he's convicted, uh, could he be convicted on any, from, from one to 34 of those counts? And what, if, if they're all basically the same thing, but just done at different times, and not only in this case, but any case like this, would that, how would that affect the penalty if he's found guilty? Well, the fact that it's repetitive in nature doesn't mean it's not, it wouldn't be a separate crime. If these are, in fact, uh, criminal act- actions or the jury finds them to be criminal actions, each one of those counts would represent a separate offense and would be able to be sentenced separately on that. It. So it's, it's, a real, it's a real problem in terms of the 34 counts or extending it out. But in terms of, of uh, crediting this as a crime spree, uh, uh, 34 different things. This is not 34 different activities. It's basically the same activity, um, and it's, it's able to be recounted as a separate offense because of the additional dates that, that uh, each event would have occurred. So I guess outside the courtroom, it's more of a problem for, for Donald Trump uh, because the average person sees 34 counts, and he thinks that there, there are 34 different events that, not, that aren't related to this Cohen guy. And it's just, this is 34, boy, they got him on 34 different things. Yeah, it's bad PR. Yeah, it's it's basically, that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's it's 34 different things of the same event. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's what I was looking for was, well, is there something besides Stormy Daniels and the Meduga woman? Uh, well, the answer is no. These, these counts all relate to this theory that the, uh, the former president could not engage in a non-disclosure agreement with individuals that he wanted to keep silent. Uh, as tawdry as that might sound, as, as, as embarrassing as that might be, uh, there's nothing illegal about executing a non-disclosure agreement to keep someone from telling something and for that other person to receive money in exchange for that. It happens all the time. Uh, the indictment says that the defendant, quote, in the county of New York and elsewhere on or about February 14th, 2017, with intent to defraud and intent to commit another crime and aid and conceal the commission thereof, made and caused a false entry in the business records of an enterprise to wit an invoice from Michael Cohen dated February 14, 2017. It goes on a little bit after that. Can you translate all that? Nope, I can't. When you have to, <laughs> Come on, that's you what have I... to scratch, No, no, no. When you have to scratch your head to try to figure out what an indictment says or what a charge is, that is a problem. That is so complex and convoluted. No, I can't interpret that. I've been trying to figure out how they hook this thing up. I mean, keep in mind, falsifying a business record, as I understand it in the state of New York, is a misdemeanor. So it's beyond the statute of limitations to go to go with that charge. So apparently they're trying to hook this into some type of federal election violation. Only guess what? Bragg is a state prosecutor. He's got no federal uh, prosecutor credentials. So this isn't a federal case. So we're trying to figure out how is he making it a felony. I haven't figured that out yet. The answer is no. I don't know. So, you know, I thought and I, and I thought that just seemed convoluted because to me because I'm not an attorney, but it, it's convoluted no. to you because you are an attorney. It, 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 it exactly is. I mean, it's just, the, the criminal justice system is black letter law. Uh, I can't even tell you exactly how this thing is being charged. Um, and so when you look at it and you're confused, there are a lot of lawyers across this country, a lot of prosecutors that are confused as well. And as well as well, they should be, because this was a, a reach back. You, you, this is an opportunity to go back in time, uh, look at a five-year-old tawdry tabloid case, and try to pull something out to make something happen. Why? Because you made a campaign promise that you were going to get Trump. And I'm not here to defend Trump for any of his alleged activities. I'm here to defend the justice system because I've seen this, this situation with, where prosecutors, uh, these, this new form of social justice prosecutor, is going out and perverting the system uh, in order to use the system for personal attacks or personal gain. It's absolutely the end of the the justice system if we allow these things to happen. We're talking to Curtis uh, T. Hill, Jr. He's uh, from Project 21 and also the former attorney general of the state of Indiana. Uh, So what is in this for Alvin Bragg, the prosecutor? Uh, Very few experts are giving him a chance to win this, or does it not matter if he wins to him? Is he he a winner no matter what? He's already won. Uh, his his game was, I mean, the name of the game today is guilty by accusation. Uh, gone are the days when you had uh, a presumption of innocence and everybody got to wait out to see what happened at the end of the day and, and, and what the jury, jury had to say. He wins because he went out and told his people, told his donors, told the folks who support him, I'm going to get Trump. He's the first one to get out there. So the darlings on the left have their new guy. He's, their, he's the, the hero for these folks. He has already achieved his victory because he is the one who got Trump. He indicted Trump. He brought Trump into the system. And now they're going to tie this, this criminal charge around his neck as a, re, as a way to uh, keep him down, as a way to keep him 
from running for office or to keep him distracted. I mean, the victory is is at that point. Yeah, and um, he what, what, like if this, if the case is thrown out, it doesn't matter. It's not going to make him look bad for for uh, pursuing a case that couldn't win. Well, I think it makes him look horrible, but he doesn't care what I think. Yeah. What's going to matter for Alvin Bragg is what the folks who vote for him think. And uh, fortunately for him, he's living in Manhattan. Uh, you know, New York is a freak show when it comes to that. So uh, will he survive this? Uh, more than likely, he will survive this no matter what. Uh, will the system survive this is, is the real question. Well, President uh, Trump pleaded not guilty. What do you think his defense team's first move will be? Well, I certainly would believe that they should be questioning the um, uh, whether or not there's even uh, substantive issues in, or uh, jurisdictional and substantive issues in this case to begin with. I mean, um, I, as I said, I can't understand the the, uh, the rationale behind the charges, and so I would think that there would be some motions being filed fairly quickly uh, on um, on uh, a variety of issues to determine whether or not that the case should be thrown out immediately. What's the strongest of those issues? Well, one is statute of limitation. Um, I, I certainly would want to know, uh, has the, uh, the state of New York um, gone beyond the statute of limitations in the, in the offenses that they've, uh, that they've outlined? Uh, falsifying a business record, as I pointed out earlier, is a misdemeanor. And suggesting that you can, can maintain that charge uh, just by connecting it to some other uh, some some other type of novel offense, it doesn't make any sense. So I would be questioning whether uh, this is a violation of the statute of limitations. Um, there would also be um, uh, uh, opportunities to uh, depose witnesses and determine whether or not they have valid uh, evidentiary standards uh, in the uh, in the charging of the offenses. What about the venue? How can he possibly get a fair trial from a jury in New York City that, that voted like 90 percent for Biden? Well, I think that uh, I think that will be automatic to, uh, to to attempt. And I think we've seen indications from the Trump camp of trying to get the venue changed. Uh, I think over to Staten Island was one of the suggestions. And that certainly is the case um, to try to get the venue changed. Hard to say how you can get it to any place uh that doesn't know about the case. I mean, that's what happens in these high-profile mega cases of today with the way that we have a 24-7 news cycle. Uh, but yet you still would want to get it out of that particular district if that area is more prone to be politically sensitive uh, and against Trump. We're talking to Curtis uh, T. Hill, Jr. He's the former attorney general of the state of Indiana. Uh, as, a, as a former prosecutor, um, how often did... Uh, cases you were trying, how often were were uh, defendants successful in getting the venue changed? Well, it uh, it wouldn't ha- it, it wouldn't happen much. Uh, the, the basis for getting a venue change is if you've got too much pretrial publicity, and the, the standard typically is can you uh, reasonably believe that you can seat a jury that can be fair minded, and oftentimes that doesn't even happen until you've actually. Uh, seat of the jury. So there's different standards that different jurisdictions have uh, to look at whether or not the case needs to be moved, um, doesn't have to be moved. Uh, the idea being to try to provide the best venue as possible that, that the defendant would get a fair trial. I heard. Uh, I know that, that. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say that as, as prosecutor, and I firmly believe in the discretion of the prosecutor, 
one of the most uh, uh, one of the one of the, 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 the most important features of my job as prosecutor was to determine whether someone was to be charged or not to be charged. And some of the most difficult decisions that I made and some of the best decisions that I'm proud of are cases where we showed restraint, where we looked at we, you know, th- this case could be something that you pursue, but in the interest of justice, is it something that ought to be pers- pursued? Sort of like a just because you can doesn't mean you should. And that's one of the examples that should, that, that should have been looked at in this particular case. Uh, instead of looking for someone for, some, for a case that you could build a, against someone that you want to charge, the idea is um, showing some, uh, some responsibility and in, in not pursuing a case um, that doesn't really have judicial merit. And there's a famous example of uh, Comey, the director of the FBI, uh, when he ha- when he came up with a, a a bunch of stuff on Hillary Clinton and 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 read them out and then said these are all serious things but I don't think any serious prosecutor would take this case uh, yeah. could, could the same argument have been made here and, I, and is it kind of interesting that it wasn't well the same argument should have been made here because it's it's what I call the so what rule that you can you can pursue something along these lines but in the interest of justice does it make sense to do that. Um, the reason that that's not the case here, this case didn't just come at uh, D.A. Bragg and in the ordinary course of work, he was reviewing it and making a determination. He specifically went out and got this case. Uh, if you recall, the case was dead in the water over a year ago, and uh, it looked like it was going nowhere. He continued to work and work and pull this case in because he made a commitment that he was going to get Trump. That's not the standard that legitimate prosecutors use and moving forward with justice. Uh, you don't take a, a position that you're out to get somebody in particular because then you start to get clouded and jaded in terms of, of understanding what your case is. Well, I heard uh, Bill Barr, the former attorney uh, uh, general, say uh, a little while ago that he thinks that at some point, as this thing moves along, that there will be a judge who will stand up and say, that's enough, this is stupid, we're throwing it out. I think that very well could be the case. I mean, it, the, the, the prosecuting attorney has the responsibility, the obligation to move forward and present evidence. And, uh, and it's, a, it's a heavy responsibility. And I think that this case is so weak, um, is so void of any substance, that it could very well be a situation where a judge rules that the case is over. And i got about 30 seconds. The judge's daughter worked on Kamala Harris's presidential campaign. Is, 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 should he recuse himself? Well, that's, a, that's an interesting question. Uh, certainly if the judge believes that uh, uh, it would give the appearance of uh, impropriety, um, I, I certainly think that in a highly charged atmosphere that, that exists, uh, it might be the wise thing to do. Um, ordinarily, uh, in other types of cases, one could probably overlook something of that nature. But I would say that given that the president, of the, uh, the, the former president, being who he is and the political nature of the case, it probably would be the wise thing to do to make sure that uh, uh, they can remove any type of appearance of impropriety. Well, I don't like the chances of that happening, but, uh, I, hey, Curtis, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Really uh, a great job of clearing it up for us, and I hope to have you on again. Thank you. Anytime, John. Thank you. Okay, that's Curtis T. Hill. He's the newest member of Project 21, former Attorney General of the state of Indiana.
with SRN News, I'm John Scott. Former President Trump has been arrested on criminal charges inside a New York courthouse. White House correspondent Greg Cluxton reports from Lower Manhattan. After arriving at the Manhattan Criminal Court building, the former president surrendered to authorities and the booking process got underway, a process that included getting fingerprinted. Less than a week after being indicted, Trump is being arraigned on charges brought by a secret grand jury. There's an open question as to whether he will be photographed. However, the Trump campaign has already offered a T-shirt with a mock mugshot and the words, not guilty. Greg Clugston, New York. Mr. Trump will leave New York after the arraignment and head back to Florida for an event this evening at Mar-a-Lago. On Wall Street, the Dow is down 239 points and the Nasdaq off 76. This is SRN News. People ask me sometimes, Lance, I'm worried about my finances and I feel bad because I shouldn't be worried, right? I realize that inflation is going to be eating up money. I've got to do something to get around this crazy stock market and Biden's spending spree. Gold has, since the beginning of time, been the resource that God's people have relied on. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, is what the prophet Haggai said during a time of great shaking. To protect your retirement, I recommend that you diversify your 401k or IRA right out of paper assets and into physical gold. And the best way to do that is with Gold IRA from the Birch Gold Group. I want you to text the words FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, to 989898 and get a free info kit on Gold IRAs. There's no strings attached to this, so just text FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, to 989898 and see what I've discovered here about gold and its ability to stabilize your investment and create a storage of wealth for you in unsteady times. They up twelve fifty. The answer. It's easy and profitable to be kind to others when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Each day for 30 days, we'll post a new act of kindness that you can do for others. On April 17th, you could win $5,000, and a deserving organization will also receive $5,000 in your name. You can make a difference in others' lives when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Learn more now at TheAnswerPGH.com. Hey, John Steigerwald here for Johnny and Jesse Samick, my friends over at Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes your home or business, demand the yellow van. Fire, water, or mold, Service Master's technicians are trained and equipped to get you back to normal fast. Even when dealing with insurance, you have a choice who repairs and cleans up the mess. Make sure you demand the yellow van. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Service Master. The word is out. People are abandoning their overpriced wireless carriers and flocking to Pure Talk for the same 5G coverage, but at a fraction of the price. In fact, the average family saves over $800 a year when switching from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. And switching is so easy. You can keep your phone, keep your number, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. Right now, you can get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. Or if you still want unlimited data, you can get that and still save a fortune. So make the switch and get the same coverage as the big guys, but at half the price. Go to puretalk.com, type in your address to find the coverage at your home, then enter promo code half off, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code half off. 
Switch to Pure Talk and get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month because Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. Mild tonight with a moonlit sky. Tonight's low 59. A shower tomorrow morning, then becoming breezy. It will be warm with near-record-breaking high temperatures, the high 80. Cloudy and mild tomorrow night with a couple of showers and a heavy thunderstorm. Those storms could bring damaging winds, the low 53. A couple of showers Thursday morning, otherwise variable cloudiness. It'll be cooler with a high of only 58. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, you will be, uh, I don't know how much of this you'll watch uh, from the media tonight. I have a feeling I'm going to be watching the hockey game because I don't have a feeling that anything new is going to come from uh, this tonight. There's no new ground to be broken. Um, but um, I, I one thing I think you'll find interesting if, if you have the stomach for it if you were to look at the other networks other than Fox or CN, um, I'm sorry, Newsmax or OAN or any, any of the other non-liberal networks that are out there. And there are, as everybody knows, very few of those. But you will see quite a, a difference in how this is approached and how serious this case is. There's a great example today from uh, Newsbusters, and if you don't go to newsbusters.org on a regular basis, you really need to if you want to really keep up to date on how ridiculous the media actually are when it comes to covering Trump or any non-Democrat, non-liberal. But they do a great job uh, today going back to 12 years ago. Remember John Edwards, the guy with the hair? Uh, He was... um, he was almost president of the United States. He was almost vice president. He ran as vice president. Uh, but 12 years ago, uh, he was on trial. Um, and the media seemed to, some of the same people who are around now, seemed to take a different approach to John Edwards being uh, indicted than they have taken for Donald Trump. This is uh, 12 years ago. And this, this is what Chris Matthews, remember Chris? This is what Chris said um, on MSNBC. This looks like one of those things you read about in third world countries. That's what he said. It just looks like revenge against somebody that lost an election. That sound familiar to you? That's what they were saying about John Edwards. Now, Chris Matthews, fortunately, isn't around anymore. I think he got bumped out for sexual harassment, something like that. Uh, But the government, uh, the case didn't go anywhere. The jury didn't convict Den- Edwards on any of the charges. It was all a theory that uh, hush money was paid to his former mistress, uh, and uh, they, they they were claiming, I guess the prosecution was claiming, that it amounted to an illegal campaign contribution to his 2008 uh, presidential campaign. He ended up being the VP candidate. So Edwards was found not guilty on one charge with a mistrial on the other five. So he got off. But um, the interesting thing is uh, is not so much, well, it's kind of interesting that he got off because it, it seems to be much worse than anything that Donald Trump is accused of doing, and it was a lot of money, and um, 
that he got off one 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 not guilty and five uh, mistrials. Uh, so he's walked and went on to never be heard from again, which is good. So then you know of Andrew Sullivan of the Daily Beast. He went on to say, I agree entirely with my esteemed colleague that we should focus on the people who plunged this country into the crash of 2008. And Chris Matthews said again, we have enough real crime out there without worrying about this stuff. That's my view. That's um, uh, that's the way the media reacted to Jonathan Edwards, who was their boy. They loved that guy. Good-looking guy. Loved everybody. Deeply concerned about the downtrodden. And he was a zillionaire lawyer who made lots of money suing people. But I think he was an ambulance chaser, but he, he, he was they loved him. So Lisa Myers, I don't know if she's still around. She was a reporter at NBC on the NBC Nightly News. Lisa Myers said it was a sordid story of deception and betrayal. But then she said, even if most of the facts prove true, there already is controversy over whether it all amounts to a federal crime. And of course, in the case of Trump, the U.S. Justice Department said they didn't see a federal crime there. They said, nah, we're not going after this. And that's one of the big issues with uh, this idiot Bragg in New York. They call it bootstrapping it and taking a misdemeanor and trying to turn it into a federal crime. So the Washington Post at the time, I don't know what the Washington Post is. I think the actually, I think I did see somewhere that the Washington Post is actually um, has actually editorialized that this there isn't much of a case against Trump. But this is what the Washington Post said about John Edwards. At least as presented in the indictment, there is scant evidence that Mr. Edwards understood the payments to be campaign contributions. It is troubling that the Justice Department would choose to devote its scarce resources to pursuing this questionable case. Isn't that kind of what's happening with the, uh, with the, the DA in New York, Bragg? And then uh, Chris Matthews, the next night, he came out again and said, this looks like one of those things you read about in third world countries or in India or somewhere or Pakistan where they get someone who's been out of office a couple of years, get them while they're down, hit them with some incredible charge with campaign funding that nobody's ever heard of before, and put them away for a while. It just looks like revenge against the party, against somebody that lost an election. Imagine that. That's what they were saying about John Edwards. Uh, these people aren't around anymore, Chris Matthews, but uh, do you think maybe Chris would be saying kind of the same thing if he if he still were around and working on MSNBC? And then the New York Times, um, this is a uh, critique from Melanie Sloan, and she said, quote, this is June 4th, 2011, I think this is a silly case. Um, I think this is going to be an embarrassment for the Department of Justice. That's what she said. This is in the New York Times. There are growing questions, this is a quote, there are growing questions tonight over whether the government overreached in its indictment of former presidential candidate John Edwards. That's what anchor Lester Holtz said on the June 4th nightly news. And the next day on ABC this week, Christine, Christiane Amamanpour, a screaming liberal, said, there are people who, this is a quote, there are people who are saying that this indictment is very questionable and based on very questionable legalities. Then you go to Monday, June 6th, the Today Show. 
The Edwards scandal seemed to be more about the government's prosecution than the politicians' actions. Co-host Matt Lauer touted at the top, quote, Critics blast the government's case against the former presidential candidate. Why they say what he did may not have been against the law. Now what he did wasn't even against the law. That, that, how long did that take? Like two days? Later in the show, Meredith Vieira, speaking of people who aren't around anymore. There's a lot of people here who aren't around anymore. Whatever happened to Matt Lauer? Uh, this is what Meredith Vieira said. There are growing questions over the indictment of former presidential candidate John Edwards for allegedly using campaign funds to hide an affair. Did the government overreach? And the headline was, Bad Guy or Bad Case? Legal experts question indictment of John Edwards. That's what they were saying, not about a guy who was president, but a guy who almost became vice president and had run for president and made a pretty good run at it. And, and if I remember correctly, what John Edwards did, this is the guy who cared deeply about you and me and everybody out there and was just this compassionate guy that was just so, just such a wonderful guy. His wife had cancer, which she eventually died of not too long after, and he was out running around with someone who worked for his campaign. And not only was he running around, around with her, he stopped long enough to get her pregnant. She had his kid, and this was what the money was used for, to pay for her travel, to get a house for her, to keep this all secret. But um, the media just didn't see uh, – that seems even a little worse to me than being – alleged to have had an, uh, an affair with a, uh, with a porn star. There was a baby to, to, uh, when it came to, to Edwards. That kind of was proof that he did have something to do which might have amounted to an affair with this woman who was working for his campaign. So that's the difference in how the media covers it. And then uh, I'm going to take a little break here. And uh, when I come back, I'm, there's a, a good piece by David Harsani at The Federalist. He's been on this show. As a matter of fact, he was just on last week. He's a really good writer uh, writing for The Federalist and about what a joke it is for these Democrats to be saying no one is above the law. That's a joke. We'll tell you why in a minute or two. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code STAG. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to get the buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. Wouldn't it be great to work in a place that makes a positive impact on the people, businesses, and churches around you? That place exists. I know because I work there. My name is Cassie, and I'm the digital marketing specialist with Salem Media Group in Pittsburgh. Right now, Salem Surround has an opening for one talented salesperson to join our team. Is that you? 
We'll bring the training. You just bring the talent. An understanding of digital marketing and some direct sales experience will definitely help you stand out. What are you waiting for? Take the first step to a career that is challenging, rewarding, and helps to create terrific results for our amazing customers. Join the sales team at Salem Media Group Pittsburgh. Email your resume to brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. That's brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. If you're a business owner, imagine getting up to $26,000 per employee. There's still time for business owners to file for the Employee Retention Tax Credit Program. This program is for business owners who continue to pay their W-2 employees during the COVID pandemic. Many businesses qualify and simply do not know it. All business types and industries may qualify. You can claim the credit even if you received a PPP loan. This is a cash payment and not a loan and can be claimed now. The licensed CPAs and tax professionals at DH Tax and Consultants have been serving business owners across the country for over 15 years. The best part is that until you receive your cash payment, you don't pay us a dime. Our tax credit specialists are available now at 833-ERC-FILE. And your tax payment estimate is quick, easy, and free. That's 833-ERC-FILE to qualify you and your business for up to $26,000 per W-2 employee for free federal aid. Call us now at 833-ERC-FILE. That's 833-ERC-FILE. They are our cuddlers and co-workers, purr machines and love bugs, and constant companions. They are our pets, our family, and they make life so much better. When we face unexpected challenges in life, so do our pets. That's why we're on a mission to support people who love their pets and the pets who love their people, ensuring these families stay exactly where they belong, together. And you have something to offer. With an open heart and mind, there is nothing you can't do. There's no gesture too small or too big when it comes to helping. Whether donating a bag of kibble, sharing an Instagram post of a lost cat, or welcoming a foster pet into your home, every bit of kindness counts. You can help keep pets and people together. Visit PetsAndPeopleTogether.org to learn how to be a helper in your community. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. And by the way, I, I, I think I tweeted the other day, and you can find me on Twitter, at SteigerWorld. Um, I, I tweeted the other day, that uh, last week, I guess, whatever day it was, that um, Bragg announced that... that Trump had been in, that the jury, the grand jury had voted to indict uh, Donald Trump. I said that the that Republicans in Congress should impeach Mayorkas uh, and start proceedings to impeach Joe Biden sometime before lunch today. That's an, uh, whatever the day after it was. That's when they should have done it. And of course, I have very little faith in the Republicans doing that. But it'll be interesting to see that uh, this is a, the president precedent that's been set here. Uh, I'll leave that to the legal people to decide what the chances are of dragging some of these Democrats out uh, up on charges similar to what uh, they've done to Donald Trump. But the Democrats know how to play tough and rough. The the Republicans, they just don't. So I'll be shocked if they do anything uh, that comes close to what's been done to Donald Trump, not just in this case, but with the last whatever, how many how many uh, Times have they done up the impeachment and two two impeachments and all that stuff. So David Harsani writes a piece at the Federalist 
He says, no one is above the law. Give me a break. And he um, he gives some examples here of Democrats who were above the law. Um, plenty of people, he says, are above the law. James Clapper, remember him? Uh, he lied under oath to Congress about spying on the American people. He's above the law. John Brennan, who lied about a domestic spying operation on Senate staffers, is above the law. And they're not only above the law, they're working for either CNN or MSNBC. That, that's how that works. Um, that's, that's the way that goes for, for if you're a Democrat or, or if you're um, sympathetic to the Democrats. Remember Peter Navarro? Um, he was a White House advisor for Donald Trump. They were after him for um, some minor stuff. They caught him at the airport, and they handcuffed him. They took him to uh, a police station. They put him in a cell. He wasn't allowed to make a phone call, wasn't allowed to eat. Uh, he was there for a while. That's what they, that's what they did to him. Uh, but they didn't do that to Attorney General Eric Holder. He was found in contempt of Congress, which is exactly what Navarro was uh, accused of for not uh, complying with a subpoena. That's what Holder did. He just said, I'm not coming in there. And he got away with it. Uh, Navarro was seen on national TV being handcuffed and led away. By the way, I I sent a text to Peter Navarro today. I had him on the show, and I had his phone number. I sent him a text eh, a couple hours ago. I said, Peter, I'm just taking a shot here. How would you like to come on and talk about the circus in New York? He never got back to me. But I gave it a shot. And he was a really good guest and seemed like seems like a nice guy. So uh, then there's Hillary Clinton uh, in 2016. Uh, she set up a private server in her home to circumvent transparency surrounding her slush fund foundation. She sent 110 emails containing marked classified information. 36 of those emails contained secret information. Eight of them top secret information. And that's when James Comey, I mentioned this to Curtis Hill when he was on our last segment, that's, he said that Hillary had been extremely careless in conducting her business, but he didn't recommend charges because he claimed the state couldn't prove Clinton's intent, even though gross negligent, not intent, was the only standard he needed. Gross negligence and extreme carelessness are synonyms. Comey concocted a new standard to protect Clinton because, why? She is above the law. So and then there's Bill Clinton. You know all about him. They said that uh, the Democrats said that conservatives were only pursuing him because of uh, Trump trumped up charges over, quote unquote, sex. Of course, Trump's campaign finances charges, uh, cam- campaign finance charges uh, related to Stormy Daniels, hush money, or what also seemed to be about, I don't know, sex. So this is because Trump's bad and, um, and, and you know, these other people. Bill Clinton, he's a good guy. You don't want to want to cause him any problems. So, that's there's a, that's an example of um, uh, the Democrats being above the law. There's just a few examples, and there are more here, but and it wouldn't be hard to find them. Yeah, uh, uh, it's, you know they're everywhere, but that's just a few, courtesy of David Harsani at the Federalist. So, I don't know about you. I'll be glad when this is over. This was a long day for me, having to pay attention to this. Uh, my wife was coming in and saying, hey, did you see this? Did you see that? Did you see the look on Trump's face? when he?" I said, you don't understand. None of this is surprising me. I'm expecting all this. It's meaningless to me. It's dumb. I know. I, here's the thing about it that makes it hard for me to watch the media coverage. And it's why, I, I as I've said a few times here, I, I, I try to put CNN 
or MSNBC on, I think, you know, I should really see what these people are saying so I can be fair in my criticism of them. And that's why I like having newsbusters.org around, because they do it for me, because I, I can't watch for more than a minute. Everything they say is 100% predictable. There's nothing new. There's never a debate with a with a conservative. Uh, it's just them spewing. And maybe somebody could make the same claims about Fox. But, you know, Fox, I'm on Fox. I'm on the same team as Fox. So I'm a conservative. So um, that, that's what I that's my problem with watching those networks. So tonight I'm watching the hockey game. I'll be right back. Over 50,000 police officers are assaulted on the job each year, leading to injuries and death. This is the reality they deal with when making contact with the public. Another reality is that if someone doesn't comply with a lawful order or uses force against them, police may have to use sufficient force in response to obtain compliance. Use of force is always ugly. Nobody likes it, especially police, and nobody knows how it will turn out. Spread the word. For de-escalation to work, both parties must de-escalate. And de-escalation isn't necessary if there is no escalation. Help police by not escalating. Don't attack or try to disarm an officer. Whether it's getting asked a question, getting a citation, or getting arrested. Don't argue. Don't resist. Don't flee. After the encounter has been resolved is the time to address any complaints. Comply now. Complain later. Keep everybody safe. This message brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how to help law enforcement accomplish its goals, visit nationalpolice.org. Wouldn't it be great to work in a place that makes a positive impact on the people, businesses, and churches around you? That place exists. I know because I work there. My name is Cassie, and I'm the Digital Marketing Specialist with Salem Media Group in Pittsburgh. Right now, 101.5 Word FM and Salem Surround have an opening for one talented salesperson to join our team. Is that you? We'll bring the training. You just bring the talent. An understanding of digital marketing and some direct sales experience will definitely help you stand out. What are you waiting for? Take the first step to a career that is challenging, rewarding, and helps to create terrific results for our amazing customers. Join the sales team at Salem Media Group Pittsburgh. Email your resume to brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. That's brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. Okay, so uh, here's another example. I'll finish with this. Another example to make sure that you get rid of the Democrats because they're insane. Uh, this is from Northampton, Massachusetts. A guy named Vito Perone was a finalist for the job of uh, superintendent of schools up there, and he did not. He was disqualified. He was he was a major candidate for the job. He wasn't asking for a lot of money. He was it was a kind of a dream job for him. So uh, he did not get the job because uh, he sent an email to two people who he was dealing with, and what he did was he used the word ladies. He started the email off with ladies and then whatever his message was. And according to uh, Perone, he was charged that his use of the word ladies constituted a microaggression and that he should have known better and um, somebody uh, connected with the school who was involved in the hiring, some idiot woman, she said, uh, sh- the fact that he didn't know that as an educator was a problem, uh, th- that that's why they decided not to give him the job. It really bothered them that this guy would be so dumb that he would refer to two women with women's names as ladies. He doesn't get the job. 
here's my question. Wouldn't If you didn't get the job for that reason, wouldn't you be really glad that you didn't get the job? Who would want to work for morons like that? Ladies, whatever you do, and gentlemen, do not refer to anybody as a lady or a gentleman ever again if you're looking for a job. You won't get it if it's a Democrat in charge. Talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the Yellow Van.